Everybody back to the nudist colony, the no tea, low tea. I'm 40 and can't grow a goatee. The new metal discussion podcast. My name is Ross. My name is Brent. I can grow a goatee, but guess yes, what? Can. It sucks. So I, <laughs> you have the the stubble to where I feel like you could grow a goatee. Now a goatee is just the chin fur, the nutsack of your face. Yeah. So it's ratty. R a d. Yeah. Hyphen Y, rad, yeah. radish. Yeah, <clears throat> no, it, it it just looks. I I look dirty whenever I try to grow any kind of facial hair. I've tried, and I just look disgusting. Well, Ross, I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but we do host a new metal podcast, so it's right there in line, brother. This is true. Yeah. Well, uh, also my wife doesn't like it. Oh my god. And also I don't like. Leave it. her. <laughs> I tried to grow a mustache. I think uh, last year, year before last. Well, and it it, it, it wasn't bad. As, I mean, it wasn't good. <laughs> as someone who uh, recently had uh, basically only a mustache, yeah, it was for Halloween. It was uh, it was, it was fun while I had it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that it's not just that anymore because it's mm. uh, I don't know, man. It's a very specific look, and the specific look is either a cab or pervert. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe both. Uh, well, hey yeah. mate, you play your cards right. Hey, yeah, yeah. I look like a dirty European. <laughs> you look like Euro trash. I look. I one hundred percent look like Euro trash. Uh, my old roommate Scott. Uh, I posted a picture uh, on Instagram with me with like my rat mustache, and he called me Euro trash. So uh, I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> that's that's fairly accurate. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it, it just doesn't I, I just look like a weird pervert <laughs> I just look gross Like uh, people don't tell you this When uh, you're a young fella And um, I guess it doesn't have to be gendered Anyone can uh, really grow facial hair But uh, I guess if you've got it in your DNA People understand where I'm coming from On yeah. this right? I yeah, don't need to talk this to death You're transphobic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know me um, No I uh, uh, People don't tell you that it has like weight like when, uh, for for a long time when I was uh, younger, like when in in high school up through like my like I don't know mid twenties, I only yeah. had like a goatee. I never bothered to grow the the mustache part of it. Yeah. But then, <laughs> my my uh, wife, then girlfriend, uh, maybe fiance, she said, "Yeah, I don't like a mustache." So I grew one out of spite. <laughs> Great way to start. That's where I started. <laughs> and uh, for your wedding. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, uh, I I grew that kind of around the time we were taking or getting ready to take uh, engagement photos. Oh, okay. So, I uh, we took off the afternoon from both of our jobs for that. Yeah. And it was going to be an outside photo shoot, but it rained, mm-hmm. and it turns out it was a good thing for, according to her, because I had shaved off my mustache and had just the goatee. She's like, "No, I'm used to it now. It looks weird without it." So oh, it got delayed another week and I was able to like kind of get things back to how they were at the right. time. But uh, yeah, I've just had one ever since I keep threatening to just shave off everything. I, I will do it. And it, my intention is to just fully shave everything at least one more time before I die. But I don't like know. Body? Uh, no, just like my face. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to see what I, I look like because I Did you look like another. Wait, what? What you look like under there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to to get a glimpse. I probably yeah. won't like it, you know. 
but uh yeah i won't know until i try it i um i fucked up on our wedding pictures uh well not our wedding pictures our like engagement pictures yeah um so this was we got married um in 20 <laughs> it, well, it's well it's confusing right? because we we technically signed the um the like our, our official marriage date is 2020 but we couldn't oh, right. we couldn't have the the wedding that year which we had planned in 20 like 19 or 2018 whatever we had planned on having it in 2020 we're gonna do 10 10 2020 so oh, yeah. uh, october 10th 2020 so it'd be like easy 10 10 2020 mm. uh but uh <laughs> um the pandemic happened and so we didn't so so we didn't we didn't uh get married that year we got married the next year it's fake virus fake wedding thick uh and so we didn't take our engagement pictures until 2021 well uh for people who may not know um who may not have seen us i am a very skinny skinny man as are you um you're shorter so it kind of looks better it looks better on you (laughs) I mean, I'm, it's a column. It looks better. I'm tall. Everything on my body is tall and long. Um, it, like my arms are noodle arms. I got goddamn horse legs. What? Uh, but everything, I, I, my face is long. Like everything is just stretched out. So what That's happened? That's what they used to call you back in high school. Oh, here comes old horse legs. <laughs> yeah, horse legs. <laughs> Don't stand behind them and spook them. Okay, kick you. Uh, and so what happened to me was for the first time in my life, you know, I couldn't go out anymore. Um, 2020, I mean, you could like go outside, but like, you know, we were staying in a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. eating in a lot. Sure. And so, and I was working from home. So I was, uh, constantly had snacks and such in the house and I was just, just eating like a fucking maniac. Right. Um, and I normally, my average weight is about 150 to 160. Uh, that is what I have been since I was like 15. Um, sure. My weight has really not fluctuated m- more within a 10-pound range. Mm. Well, <laughs> during <laughs> during the quarantine, um, I gained about uh, uh, close to 50 pounds. 50? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I gained like a little over 40 pounds, um, uh, which was a lot. On my skinny ass frame. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a lot for anybody, but like, I saw yeah. you during that time. I didn't think you looked well, bad. I mean, like, y- you carried a lot of that weight in your tail. Uh, so, you know, it I helped, had a donk. It, it, it helped uh, keep those mosquitoes away. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> Horse legs. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so, so I gained like a lot of weight. The problem is, I wear like, y- you know, like kind of fitted, slimmer clothes because mm-hmm. I'm skinny. Um, most of my clothes are like slimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what happened was I gained so much weight so quick I couldn't buy clothes to catch up. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all my clothes all of a sudden were like skin fucking tight on me. Mm-hmm. And we we go to take pictures and like I I, I put on like I, I'm trying on my different slacks and they're all like, I can't even like button them. And like the one pair of slacks I could button were like. I mean, looked like they were painted on mm-hmm. me, um, and uh, like an idiot, I uh, kept like my stuff in my 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 pockets for our our, our photo shoot. Well, <laughs> we get the pictures back, and <laughs> it's it's hard to explain. I might put, I might try to find a picture and post it on on our Instagram. But um, basically, like the phone in my pocket 
was like at an angle. Yeah. And so it made it look like my <laughs> cock was just like stuck down my leg. Like I just had like a, a fucking monster rod coming down my leg. <laughs> and so in all of our engagement photos, uh, there's some that are especially bad. It looks like I'm standing there like with my arm around her. It's supposed to be like this sweet, you know, we're, we're in like a nice park, you know, and she's dressed all beautiful and, uh, you know, I'm dressed nice and everything, but like, then you just see what looks like a giant trouser snake just creeping down the hey. leg. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, it's very funny now. Hey, old horse legs got a horse cock. I have since lost all of the weight. Um, and, uh, because that was the other thing I had bought my, uh, suit prior to, uh, you know, COVID and when I was skinny and then I gained all this fucking weight and I didn't fit in my suit anymore. Like I couldn't button my suit mm-hmm. pants. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, shit. And so for like six months, I just fucking starved myself. Um, uh, stopped eating breakfast. Uh, would just eat like a salad for lunch, and then you know for dinner I'd, I'd eat like a healthy dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I managed to drop uh, about forty pounds uh, within you know that, that six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I you know I was like working out and stuff, but I was just eating so much fucking food yeah. that I just I, I and I know like I say I ballooned up. If you see pictures of me, I was not like fat or overweight no. or anything like mm-hmm. that, but. Again, because most of my clothes are slim, it just I just look like <laughs> it made me look bigger, you know, mm-hmm. like because everything was like. I don't know. Anyways, you you get it, you get it. Um, we'll move well, on. I think that was something that a lot of people struggled with, kind of universally, right? Is just packing right. out weight because of the pandemic. You don't know what to do. You can't really go out and do anything for the most part. I mean, like you said, you can. But most people don't want to have to go for like a midday hike when you're stuck at home working and you just right. kind of want to either drink a lot or, uh, you know, get altered in some way. And sometimes that way is just like having a food rush, you know, uh, brother. <laughs> and I was cooking a lot because you couldn't go out to restaurants mm-hmm. um, or anything. So uh, everything was was being cooked at home. And I, I you know, I'm not to stroke my own cock here but uh i'm a pretty good cook um i I really really enjoy cooking food um and i'm pretty good at it and so i was cooking just like these gigantic meals and just Mm. knocking them back constantly um and you know i'm not like a look i look fucking i i've always been like i'm skinny i can eat whatever i want so when i started teaching myself how to cook it was like i was just doing the most like decadent like butter basted steak (laughs) and fucking (laughs) you know garlic noodles Mm -hmm. and you know all all, all kinds of stuff i wasn't necessarily shooting for the most healthy it wasn't the most unhealthy you know i'd be like oh we're gonna we're gonna have um i'm gonna cook some uh, brussels sprouts tonight that's nice and healthy right Mm. sure especially after you um cook them in bacon grease and (laughs) yeah (laughs) add uh (laughs) A cup of soy sauce? No, not really. But well, um, I mean, I've always loved vegetables. Um, mm. Call me a freak, but uh, I've always liked freak. veggies. Um, and uh, look, I, I love a, a nice, like, uh, fattening version of any type of vegetable. Like, you know, who doesn't? But yeah, uh, we got an air fryer a few years back, mm. and uh, my wife is uh, a master with that son of a bitch and nice. she uh could th- throw some like frozen veggies in there real quick 
real yeah. quick, like. Yeah, and uh, they get like nice and uh, a little bit like burnt, crispy, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. a little bit, just a smidge. Love it. And uh, oh my god, it's so good. And it's just like the vegetables. Like it, there's yeah. no real like Put a little bit sauce of olive oil and salt on there, and that's it. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so good fucking go. good. So fucking good. Yeah, love it. Um, love it. Love to see it. And speaking of the opposite of vegetables, unhealthy shit, we are continuing to drink <laughs> the Mountain Dews from last week. It is 10 uh, o'clock on a school night, and we're <laughs> knocking back Mountain Dews. But don't worry, we haven't started the album review yet. Yeah. This is just the preamble before the, uh, the, 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 the epilogue, or the yeah. post, what, what's the beginning? The prologue. Prologue. Yeah. The prologue. Um <laughs> So yeah, we're we're still nursing these these Mountain Dews, and we'll probably continue to do so throughout the record today. I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping. I'll have a doctor's appointment in the morning. It Woo! don't matter. All that matters <laughs> is that we get this episode banged the fuck out. Let's so bang it. That's what the people are here for. Um, and I will say for uh, people who are here, of course, you know, regular listeners, welcome back. Uh, if you are new and uh, just found us by uh, searching out Primus in your podcast app. Welcome to you as well. Um, yes. On the previous episode, we discussed some music, and uh, uh, we had some suggestions from some of our listeners, yeah. or you know, just people we know, probably yeah. more accurate. But um, <laughs> so, uh, if you are listening to this episode, you're new. Uh, you want to send us some tracks? Uh, you know, comment in the post or this post on Instagram, yes. and uh, we'll talk about it on an upcoming hidden track episode. Hidden tracks. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> If you tell anyone, I'll fucking find you. <laughs> I know where to find you, you piece of shit. So on today's episode, yeah. uh, we are going to be looking at Antipop by Primus. And a lot of you may be thinking, wait a second, isn't this a new metal show? Why the fuck is Primus on there? Well, I'll have you know, Wikipedia says that this is a new metal album. And that's all you need to know. Yep. That's all needs to be said. I don't know if a Roach Coach... Has talked about this album. Yeah. Could Guys. I look it up? I probably could. Will I? No. Probably not right now. I'm busy. <laughs> it's technically time for me to go to bed yeah. half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, we're probably going to jump into this one a little quicker than we do. Um, Are we? It's uh, We're pushing 15 minutes into this shite. already. So. Okay. Well, well, let's just go ahead. Let's just fuck it. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's fuck it. Okay, so yeah. so if you want to know the relation, look, I mean, Fred Durst is on this bitch. That that's as not that's as much as you need to know. Okay, uh, Tom Morello makes an or uh, he's on here too. So yeah. it's fuck you. It's new metal enough. They were playing like like uh, um, like Family Values tour and stuff. So they were in there. They were part of it. Um, uh, uh, Les Claypool is on Significant Other. Yeah talking but you know I, I mean you know there's a, there's a link there fuck you um <laughs> so primus yeah um i am a huge primus fan um okay. i i was super into primus back whenever like they they first dropped uh, our mutual friend adam yeah i remember he he was the first one to like buy a primus cd that i knew mm -hmm. and he had like posters and shit yeah well his brother was super into primus um fuck uh, who, who his brother was seven years older than we were, and his brother was into really like cool fucking music, and you know we were like in middle school, so we didn't have you know we're, Tulsa's not like 
you know, the most, and we, we didn't grow up in Tulsa. We grew up in a town about 30 minutes outside of Tulsa. But so, so, you know, we were even more limited by what we had access to. Uh, mm-hmm. But Adam's brother was like into really good music. And so a lot of the gateway for that was, um, or for, for my musical taste was his older brother, um, who was a musician and himself, who still is a musician, phenomenal fucking musician who's played um, all over, played on Jimmy Fallon. He's, he's been on a ton of, Phenomenal guy, Paul Benjamin. Uh, search this guy up. Um, he was on Jimmy Fallon. He was so yes, I think he was playing with um, fuck Katy Perry. No, <laughs> yes, no. He it wasn't like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was playing like with a band. I mm-hmm. I forget who it was that he was playing with, but um, yeah, he he was on Jimmy. I think it was Jimmy Fallon. Oh, that's rad. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, but uh. Yeah, so 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 I was into Primus then, uh, you know, kind of kind of came in and out of it um, until uh, I I went to college. Uh, I started getting back into Les Claypool like really heavy, like not just Primus, but like all of his, um, all of his like side projects. Uh, I the, really the love Intro to South Park, other <laughs> yes. stuff. Uh, Oysterhead, which I fucking love. Oh, Oysterhead. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oysterhead is such a great album. Um, I listen to a lot of voice your head but a lot more primus I, I i've always been a primus fan i've seen them several times in concert mm. um and over the years i've just gotten you know i just they're just like that band that i can like pop on and you know it puts me in a mood they're i think one of the most unique bands of all time and i i know that might sound like hyperbole but ask yourself who sounds like primus yeah <laughs> There was a, uh, a DJ on 104.5 The Edge back in the yeah. day. His name is Greg. And I will. it's like tattooed on my brain forever because it's one of the more correct things I ever heard in my life, which is uh, he was talking about the band Cake. Not a new metal band, but no. they were around the sure. same era. They had a new album come out, and uh, he was talking about it. Uh, there was I, I forget which new song it was, but he was talking about the, the album after it came out. Uh, and he said, uh, and honestly, it uh, the whole album kind of sounds like that song. And uh, look, you buy a cake CD, you get a cake CD. And uh, as I was listening <laughs> to this album, I was like, this whole shit sounds like Primus. Like they, it's you know Primus when you see it. It's like it's, it's like pornography. You know yeah, when you see it. Absolutely. You fuck it when you hear it. You can hear one Primus song mm-hmm. and be able to name, be able to listen to any like. Let's do a hundred songs and pick out the other Primus song. Like mm-hmm. they're that recognizable. Like yeah. they're, they're just the most distinct sounding band. I cannot think of anyone who comes even close to sounding like Primus does, um, which I, is an absolute compliment. They are completely in in a world full of you know bands that are influenced by other things, and you know you can kind of create a through line through. Oh, this band you know was influenced by this and has some of this sound mixed with the mm-hmm. Primus. I'd be like. How do I begin to describe Primus? How do I? How do I live without Primus? <laughs> um, uh, the, 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 I mean, everything from I just, just, just top to bottom. They're, they're, they're a completely, truly unique band. Now, I think part of that is based on <clears throat> Les Claypool's bass playing, and uh, for and voice, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for maybe new listeners or old listeners who uh, have since forgotten, you are a bass player. I am a bass player. Slap it to bass. Slap it to bass. And I am not uh, anywhere near Les Claypool's <laughs> level. Now, I mean, very few people are. I it it hadn't even occurred to me. 
initially to uh to ask you about like where your bass playing like I guess your desire to play bass came from back in the day because I think we just grew up together and I think I knew you first for playing the guitar. That's what I started on, yes. Yeah. And then you moved over to bass and it was just like a I, I like largely a moved thing. over to bass because it was cheaper. Um, you only had to buy four strings. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, it, it. I. I am a rhythm-based guy. I. I, yeah. I like rhythm. Yeah. Um, and bass is kind of that perfect. For non-musicians, the bass kind of bridges the drums to the guitar. Sure. Because the bass is um, very like uh, percussive in a way, uh, but it's also melodic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam, our mutual friend Adam, mm-hmm. uh, who is a phenomenal drummer, um, he's all right. He's fine. Uh, he's all right, all right for an idiot. Always so. was in a band with him uh, since we were like little kids. Almost every band that I was in was with him. Yeah, uh, he's so great. he and I played together all the time, and it would just be he and I, and literally we would just we would just get we lived together. We would just like get high and just sit there for hours and hours and hours, not even talking, just just jamming like not even playing like hey let's play this song it was just he would just start playing like a drum beat and i would just start picking up a bass line and then we would just kind of like just meander for hours and like mm-hmm. crack each other up or like kind of challenge each other try to play a little bit fat like we got into such a groove i can't really imagine playing with another drummer i mean i have but like there is just something with him that we we are on we exist on like the same wavelength mm-hmm. um and a lot of it was there weren't very many good bass players. You could find good guitar players out out the ass. There were mm-hmm. tons of good guitar players, but bass players it was always like seen as well. You're like less of a guitar player, right? Um, and a lot of bassists will just play what the guitar is playing, um, except less complicated. Uh, they will less just follow Claypool. the root note root uh, root note of uh, uh, uh of the uh of the guitar progression which i which always bugged me because even as a kid i could hear you know a good bassist was like doing something else and so it was it was adding so much more and a lot of people will say like oh, i i can't even hear the ba- I, I don't know what the bass sounds like in the song and yeah. i'm like you you do you don't realize it because w- one thing that and it's not just me who said this, but um, a lot of people say, you know, like you dance to the to the bass guitar, mm-hmm. like that is what is is delivering like the groove in the thing. Obviously, the drums too, but if you just hear drums played by themselves, it's not really like a you know like a danceable thing. But you oh put, yeah, people hate it. You put a bass player in with the drummer, all of a sudden you got a groove, yeah. like a good bass player. Um, so so part of me was like. I want to fill this this uh, this this gap in at least you know the local musician scene didn't seem to have any really great bass players so I was like I want to be good at bass because that is like a thing that is sorely needed like all bands are looking for like a good drummer or a good bassist <laughs> like mm-hmm. because you, again you can find gu- you can find guitars and singers left and right and they all suck I mean them as people <laughs> the, <laughs> guitarists and lead singers lead singers especially are the most annoying people in any band um every band i've been in the lead singer was the worst i'm friends with a lot of them and i'm not i'm not trying to be a jerk but like I, i've like moonlighted for bands you know that are just like hey we need some we need a bass player for a set and so you go in and then of course the the guitarist or lead singer is going to be the douchiest one there mm-hmm. um so 
I liked it because like the the bass is the most underappreciated thing. It is the thing that uh, a lot of people say, you know, they can't even, they don't even hear it. They don't know what it sounds like, but it, it is like the unsung hero of, of truly good music, in my opinion. Um, so Les Claypool was always like kind of like a hero of mine. Obviously, I cannot play near his talent. Again, very few people can, but uh, it very much influenced me into wanting to be that good and trying to play what he plays. But it's just, again, he's in a league of his own, truly. Well, yeah, there's that. And then also at the time... We were in like uh, high school. I think maybe we had a couple of years left in high school, and you were kind of thinking about like which direction you wanted to go if you were going to play guitar or bass or whatever. And you asked our uh, other good friend Chuck D what to play. And he was like bass. Yep. And you're like oh okay, that's exactly how it happened. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Antipop is the sixth studio album by Primus. Uh, it was released on October 19th, 1999 through Prawn Song Records, which is Les Claypool's um, label, and Interscope Records. Uh, it was produced uh, by the band uh, amongst others. Should we should we wait for each individual song to say who produced it? Or should, should I just list off the producers? Um, why don't we go song per song? That yeah. way we can kind of listen with that. That works. Uh, that ear to it, yeah. Um, recorded at Rancho Relaxo in... Uh, Sebastopol, Sebastopol, under the sea, California, Sebastopol, California. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that. Uh, Village recorder in Los Angeles and Fantasy Fantasy Studios in Berkeley, California. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Primus consists of Les Claypool on vocals and bass, uh, Larry Lalonde on guitar synthesizer, and uh, guitar slash synthesizer and uh, brain on drums and percussion. Um, Let me ask you, Les, are you pondering what I'm pondering? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Brain. What was it? You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) I wanted to try to take over the world. What are we going to do? Jesus. Um, okay. So there's a, uh, there's a lot of producers on here, uh, mm-hmm. and they, they, they also happen to be the guest musicians for the most part. So, uh, well, actually, you know what? No, because uh, James Hetfield <laughs> played rhythm guitar on yeah. Eclectic yeah. Electric. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Martina Topley Bird did backing vocals on track 9 and 13. So, oh, yeah. Um, we, there were like 14 tracks on this song, bitch, right? Uh, 13 with a secret track, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 14 on any mm-hmm. streaming service. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the CD, it was uh, 13. Hell yeah. Um, album peaked at number 44 on the U.S. Billboard. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, I don't remember hearing any song from this album on the local radio. And, yeah. And Primus is one of those bands that is like, oh, this is for like mid-America, you know? Right. Like, yeah. this part of America is, like, so mid. Like, it could be fire America, but it's not. It's just, like, mid. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's funny because, like, when I think back to the town that we grew up in, mm-hmm. um, it's it feels like there should be a Primus soundtrack playing at all times. Oh, my God, yeah. Not not really anymore because I've been back to – I've been back to Inola. You know, my parents live out there, so I, I, go, I go back there, you know, uh, every year multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um 
and uh, it's you know it's it's nicer. They they actually have like there's like several big like plants out there like like uh, like industrial plants, mm-hmm. um, and apparently uh, the uh, housing market around there has uh, exploded. That's so what I hear. Yeah, my parents bought their house for twenty thousand dollars. Holy shit! Uh, in 1986, I believe. Wow. Um, and it was it was ten acres. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's out in the country. Yeah. Uh they recently had it appraised for one point five million. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. And can you believe they bought that nineteen eighty six? It was eleven years prior to Limp Biscuit's debut album, Three Dollar Bill, y'all. Do you think they knew? One hundred percent. Okay. Uh, yeah, Stupid I thought question. so. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know. Stupid sometimes question. we gotta make subtext text. No, it's 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 you know like uh but 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 so so now it's like a nicer town. But back when we grew up in it, um, it was actually at one point considered the or had the t- honorific of uh, meth capital of the world. Hey, hey, we can get there again, man. And it wasn't because we 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 exported them or uh, it it was the most meth labs per capita. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we weren't like exporting tons of meth but for the amount of people that we had we had an inordinate amount of uh, uh, uh of uh, meth labs that were getting busted now we were also supposed to be the hay capital of the world and a lot of yes. people got that wrong as well because they were like oh there's like we could see more bales of hay in other towns it's like that's you're no that's not what that is it's uh the most amount of people saying hey there's a Hi. meth lab <laughs> that's the, that's what that is that's what that means i remember one time i i, I played soccer when i was when i was a kid mm-hmm. and uh it was next to some like kind of kind of uh sketchy apartments which <laughs> sketchy just you could kind of blanket that over the entire <laughs> town back then yeah uh but um i remember we were out there playing, uh, you know, practicing soccer, or whatever, and all of a sudden, like uh, um, the, the apartments that were just right there got busted. Oh, uh, by the cops, and so there was like this raid on this uh, <laughs> on this apartment, and I remember like the coach being like, "Everybody, get over here!" Because they were afraid there was going to be like a shootout or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, it, so so the town that we grew up in very much feels like. I, I don't know. It just feels like Primus. It it, it does. Yeah, you you like kind of roll through the mid part of that town and it's really just like one street it's a one street town right yeah that, yeah that's like the um main like street one of it. four way but everything yeah. exists on that on mm-hmm. those yeah yeah and there's just something about it especially like back when we were growing up i, I haven't been to that yeah. part of that town and it's it's forever, gotten a lot but, nicer it, yeah it, it, and, and and apparently crime has gone way 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 down um, so, so that's good. Um, and apparently the schools have gotten a lot better. <laughs> well, I mean, like, <laughs> way too late for us. That's <laughs> why so we're doing a new metal podcast. Uh, fun fact, we actually had a, um, our superintendent that we got one, one year, um, ended up being, he was like a, uh, he was a, uh, a con artist. Yeah, that sounds about right. He wasn't an actual superintendent. He had like lied on his resume and he was super, in, and he like embezzled a ton of money and shit. And uh, he, he got chased out of town. Literally, I remember the paper, the newspaper. It was like a helicopter shot of they made him tow his house out of town. <laughs> and there was like a convoy behind him following 
I swear to God, oh uh, God. they like r- literally ran the man out of town. Holy shit! Um, it, it was a whole fucking. He tried to build. He tried to build like a twelve uh, foot tall fence with razor wire around the entire <laughs> high school. Holy shit! And they struck down the razor wire, but they approved the fence. But they built the fence around half of the school to try to prevent kids from skipping school. Bulletproof well, plan. Guess what doesn't work? <laughs> Half a fucking fence. <laughs> we just walked out. It yeah. wasn't like, it's was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but just the mixture of, so a lot of people here in Oklahoma, they think, Oh, just a bunch of cowboys. And there were cowboys, but there was also like this dirty drug infested, like, I don't want to look White trash is problematic, a problematic term, but mm, it was kind of that. Yeah, <laughs> it was I a mean, a lot of that. People can <laughs> watch the fucking uh, lot of that. The uh, Hulu series Reservation Dogs and see yes. parts of our hometown. Yeah, they included in that. Literally so. shot a scene uh, like five minutes from my parents' house. Hell yeah! Um, I rem- I freaked out. My wife and I were watching it, and I recognized a mailbox because it was it, <laughs> it was made out of a chain with a hook on the end. Yeah, so it was like a welded chain, and then they put the uh, uh, the mailbox on top of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I immediately was like, I know exactly where the fuck that is. That's awesome. And like the next weekend, we drove out there, and like you could see where like uh, there were a lot of like they. Uh, they had to take some fences down to because they chased them out into the into this um, uh, into this hay field, and mm-hmm. I knew exactly where the hay field was. I've bailed hay in that field when yeah. I was a kid, um, and <laughs> you could see like a ton of like tr- uh, track marks and stuff from like cars and production trucks and stuff pulling yeah. in and out. Um, uh, they shot one scene, uh, the bar in Reservation Dogs. Um, uh, that bar that I can't remember the the uncle's name um, that they that they go to a lot uh, that is literally like right up by my parents' house and I've been yeah. there uh, like a million times it's called the ice the ice house um, uh, you could buy meth there <coughs> um, <laughs> they keep that part around yeah. the town that's just like good nostalgia hey. that's that's that hometown meth. Homegrown, farm to table mess. It's our heritage, goddamn. <laughs> uh, but but it, it was very much like like hick, but also like drugs. Yeah. Um. So so which I feel like is like the perfect encapsulation of uh, Primus. Uh, very much so. And uh, to go back to something you said earlier that made me giggle. Uh, I almost creamed my jeans over it because it's the most hometown shit I'd ever heard. Is they made him. Tow his own house, <laughs> or whatever it was he said. Yeah. It's like, look, there's a lot of houses on wheels. I don't like to brag, but I grew up on like three or four of them. So I get it. And it's just like, if people like thought they misheard what you said, no, you heard it. Nope. That's it. That's what happened. Yep. I remember at one point um, when we when we were going up there, there were more trailers than there were houses in town. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, hey, look zero judgment against you know people live in trailers uh but that gives you an idea of kind of the economic state of 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 the town that we grew up in it was it was it was a very poor town yeah and a lot of times if you go to a town and you'll like kind of drive past the trailer park portion of that town the town was a trailer park and it It occasionally had a house or two sprinkled in yep yeah um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, and it just had this like grimy feeling mm-hmm. to it. Like when I think back to where, at least during the time we were there, mm-hmm. 
it just felt grimy and yeah. dirty. Um, that that town we grew up in is so grimy. Elon Musk tried to get it pregnant. Jesus Christ. What doesn't he try to get pregnant? That <laughs> fucking maniac. Oh, it's like if uh, cottage cheese was also a jellyfish. Can you imagine buying a thing for forty-four billion dollars and then fucking it up? Just like, why wouldn't you just shut the fuck up and hire good people to run it and just collect the money? If you want to advertise on this uh, platform, fuck you. What <laughs> the fuck you? Dead silence. Yeah. Expecting laughter, dead silence. Yeah. Fucker. Okay, so real, let's go ahead and... cool dude. He's such a cool guy. He's so cool. God damn it. I hate him. Um, I used to like him, but he's such a fucking tool. And what? it's not even necessarily his... Um, it's, not, it's not even necessarily his... Uh, like political views, although I don't, I don't agree with him. It's just that he's he's a goddamn fucking. Uh, I don't want to use the R word. Uh, <laughs> he he's a he's a fucking idiot. He's just such a. Anyways, let's he not seems like an opportunist, that. right? Like he he didn't invent a lot of the stuff that he's no, known for. No, it's just he he had some money snuck in and kind of like became the head of various organizations yeah. or whatever. If he would just shut the fuck up, like he could probably be still people still like him. I mean, yeah. there are still some people that like him, not good people, but whatever. Yeah. Um anyways. All right, let's uh let's go ahead and get into this. So, uh this is a intro uh <laughs> intro. Uh this is produced by one Mr. Tom Waits. Good evening. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So we were recording with Beefheart and... Uh, Is that, that like Steve-O? That's actually a really good Tom Waits impression that I just did. <laughs> um, Here we are on uh, track two. I love Tom Waits so much. What uh, What do you think about that this intro? Is, Is that a, a good intro to the album? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, barely a, it's barely a thing. 17, <laughs> 17 seconds long. This is Electric Uncle Sam. It's produced by Tom Morello, who also plays guitar on it. He does the lead part, right? Uh, I, I I believe so. Yeah. That... Yeah. That sounds like a Tom Morello thing to me, but... I, I do have a question about a lot of these... Um, guest producers that are on this because mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you like one way or the other like everything just sounds like Primus to me you know like I understand what you're saying about that sounding yeah. like a Tom Morello thing but it also just sounds like oh this is like what guitar in a Primus song sounds like you know yeah a little bit I think the I think the riff is like right that ticka 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 so I, that, that, that that gives me some Tom Morello vibes. But yeah, you're right. It's not. It, it wouldn't be something that I listen to. It'd be like, oh, that's Tom Morello. Yeah. So um, this is my first experience listening to a full Primus album. Oh, wow. Okay. And I used to own this album back in the day. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I bought it from a UCD store. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a guy that we worked with at Pizza Hut in Catoosa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Back in the day, his name was Casey, and Prima, like he was a very smart dude. He was yeah. like high intellect, but he was also like very silly and into like backyard wrestling, like heavily into backyard wrestling. Right, right, right. And uh, Primus was his favorite band, and he knew that you and I liked Limp Bizkit and that type of shit. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, well, you might like this new 
Primus album because Fred Durst produces the track on there. I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know what the fuck that meant. I was just like, oh, I like Fred D. Yeah. Let's see what this is. But I bought it and I listened to Lacquerhead. I was like, I don't know. That was like $7 wasted. So I didn't have <laughs> high hopes going back to listen here, to this. Here, this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely some Tom Morello right there. Yeah, that's what I. Ooh, I love that. That bass. Yeah. That's some. That's some dirty bass right there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I I didn't have high hopes going back to listen to this album. Yeah. I had such a fucking blast listening Hell, to this fucking thing. I was wondering. I was like, I don't know how. This could go either way on this yeah, one. Yeah. I'm so glad. I really thought I was going to like the Bloodhound Gang album that we talked about, you know, two weeks ago. Sure. More. But that one was kind of like, as we were listening back to it on the episode, I was like, oh, yeah. Because you made the point like, oh, this is like kind of like just a little bit mid. Yeah. And as we were listening back to it, I was like, oh, yeah. Like a lot of this sounds very like um metronomy. Yes. Whereas this is like more aggressive than I would have thought. Yeah, a, it's very a primus aggressive. album yeah. would have been. And uh that song we just listened to, Electric Uncle Sam, is like my favorite track on this this album. Oh wow, and okay. I looked up a YouTube video to see if Primus performed this live. And there's a few of them. It's like uh like those big ass, like bulky VHS. Yeah, cameras yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day and uh i found this youtube video of this kid playing bass it was like a bass cover uh youtube video yeah he was going through it and playing it and the amount of like uh different techniques that were used in playing this like that bucket bucket thing is like him like hitting the all four bass strings at the same yeah, time like, like his, muting his, them yeah yeah and uh Hard. There's like slap bass in there, and then there's yeah. like um, I don't know, like a lot of specific bass stuff. And at the beginning of this episode, when you were talking about how a lot of bass players in like hard rock music or metal, uh, one it gets lost in the mix a lot, just like yeah. by default. You know, if you're working with Lars Ulrich, <laughs> you're fucked. Um, and then uh, a lot of times it's just you know you've got two guitarists in the band already they're going to take center stage for the most part on the music side of things and there's just yeah. not a whole lot of room for the bass or at least i thought but then i was listening to this song and this entire album and there's a lot of shit that the bass is doing so much so that oftentimes i forget that they have a guitar player i know but it's like oh yeah of course they do it's just sometimes i i feel like the guitar is uh in the mix a little bit lower but is, it's, yeah. it's kind of like where the bass player would normally be exactly but also the the bass is just more aggressive more prominent and i i don't know how less sings and plays the bass at the same time because it seems like the bass part is like more complicated like there's a, a lot yeah. of like a lot of shit like even in like a bar of music there's oh. a lot of like shit going on with both hands you know it's it's insane. If a lot you, of good music on both hands. <laughs> if you've never seen Les Claypool play, uh, just like uh, look on YouTube and look up like Les Claypool bass solo or something like yeah. that. Um, and, and and watch. I mean, the man. And what you got to understand also, if if you're not a musician, um, there's a difference between playing the guitar and the bass. In most, in some cases, now some bass players play with a pick, which 
I am firmly against. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're, you're basically just a glorified guitar player at that point. Yeah. Now, I understand, like, maybe some songs you may pick up a, a, a pick for, you know. But if, if you're not playing with your fingers, if you're not just, just going at that bass with your fingers, yeah. you're not a fucking bass player. <laughs> you're not. I'm, I'm sorry, you're not. You're not really getting everything at Because that's what's fun about bass is, like, you got these... And, and the you got to understand the strings on a bass are four times, five times as big as a guitar, like the, the biggest guitar string. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're massive. And so you really have to get finger. You, you're going to you're going to rip the fuck out of your fingers um, because you build up those calluses. Oh, right? when I was when I was playing like all throughout my 20s and into my 30s, when I was playing like in bands and playing all the time, my fingers I, like I could, you, you could take a knife and like you couldn't cut my finger. It was that calloused. Um, you fought Wolverine to a stand. And I had one time. My, my my hands aren't as muscular as they as as they were. But when I was playing, I I look back at pictures of me like because I again I'm a skinny man. Like I've gotten these long noodly arms, and then but I have like large hands. But when I was playing bass, uh, I was building up the muscle in them. And I look back at pictures of me like in my twenties, and I'm just like this like wispy skinny little guy and then i have these gigantic fucking <laughs> like monster fingers yeah. uh from playing bass because you you really especially if you're going to get everything out of it you you really got to uh learn to to slam those fucking those fucking strings man and and that's what i appreciate uh about uh i mean amongst other things about les claypool is uh like you were saying he he, he the amount of technique mm-hmm. and and little little flourishes and just little things that you wouldn't like when you when if you try to play like a like a Primus song on the bass if you're if you're trying to learn that good fucking luck because there's so many techniques you have to learn before it's not like a guitar where you can pick it up and for the most part you can kind of like stumble your way through most songs mm-hmm. not so with Les Claypool he is yeah. in another category entirely yeah um uh with some of it and, we'll, and I'll, I'll point out some things but uh i would encourage everybody to go out there and watch and, and just watch his hands when he's playing how fucking fast they're moving and how many just he's slapping he's slapping with both hands he's not just slapping with his right hand mm-hmm. or his you know where, where he's hitting the uh the pickups he's slapping with uh you know up and down the neck too mm. uh which is just crazy because those those strings are gigantic and so to bend them to slap them you really have to like have a strong fucking hand to do that shit mm-hmm. um but uh okay so up next um and that, that one was produced by tom morello as, as well as playing guitar in it uh mm-hmm. this one is produced by matt stone from south park from south park yep. which i know he's like a he's like a musician himself because he writes songs and such um, okay. I, I was curious so. about that. I haven't watched South Park in 15 years, something like that. Like, it's been forever. It holds up. Does it? Or, well, I, I should. Like, like the, new, the new episodes are really, really good. Are they? Yeah. I've, I've been curious about. Like here. Yeah. This little. I think it's this next one here. Right here. Well, well, nope, not that one. <laughs> Here. I mean, that's drums, but... Damn. Like, that may sound simple, but Jesus Christ, it is not. <laughs> There's so much muting and slapping going on at the same time, it's wild. 
because he's 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 hitting multiple strings. He's not just playing on like one or two strings. He's, yeah, he'll be playing on all four fucking strings sometimes. It's crazy. Should be illegal. Did you say this song is Natural Joe? Yes, this okay. is Natural Joe. Um, uh, I kind of wondered if the damn. Uh, I wondered if the uh, the more modern South Park episodes would hold up, or if they would like get into like cancel territory. But I also kind of feel like South Park kind of has the license to kind of do that. They, bit, you know, they. That's insane. They 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 ride this line that they get away with it. It's a delicate line, I, you know. I mean, obviously, people are going to get offended at different things, but uh, I think I think they do a really good job of kind of. They couch a lot of this stuff in like metaphor, so they're not like directly, like obviously the 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 issue will be racism, but they're doing it through, you know, a video game or something like so. so it's an allegory, so it, it, it kind of takes away some of the uh, potential offensiveness, you know, because they're talking about racism, but they're not. They're not saying racism. They're not talking about racist things. They're talking about video games, but you can make the link in your brain like, oh, they're talking about racism here. You know, if uh, if we didn't name our podcast The Nudist Colony, I think potential offensiveness would be a good name potential for our show. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the potential offensiveness. <laughs> I got some thoughts on transformers that's going to be unpopular. <laughs> um, so you said that song was produced by uh, Matt Stone from South Park, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, so what do you think he did? Like, what does that mean in, in reference to this album? Like, what does... What a production credit mean because it like I said everything sounds like a Primus song yeah like nothing really stands out to me well, to where like on first listen I'd be like oh this sounds different but they I've don't really go into like what they were specifically doing except for Fred Durst yeah and uh so, so Fred was telling them like you need to go like go back to your more like raw kind of more aggressive mm-hmm. um sound that you did early on right uh like uh, like seas of cheese and stuff um and so i think that i think i think it's mostly just like input hey do this try this i appreciate your input <laughs> well, okay <cool. laughs> because uh at this point in primus's career they were not getting along yeah um they were uh not not happy with each other they said this is the closest that they came to breaking up they did go on like a little hiatus after this yeah they're their drummer brain left after this yeah. album from brain left after read. this. Yeah. Um, are you pondering what I'm pondering? <laughs> Getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, but, but they said, uh, speaking of, uh, this next song, uh, they said, yeah, that, that, that Fred was, you know, basically kind of directing them, um, which, you know, it would be a producer is, is, is kind of someone who's not in the band who didn't, who wasn't there when the song was being written, mm-hmm. who kind of come in and hear it with like an outside eye and say, Hey, try this, play that thing this way, add this, you know, um, 
kind of directing the band a little bit. Obviously, the band writes the songs, but the producer is the one. Like, you know, when we talk about Ross Robinson, um, famous new metal producer. Yeah. Uh, you know, he does things like screams at them. Um, <laughs> Throws plants. Thro- yeah, just just uh, abuses the fuck out of, uh, <laughs> out of out of the singer specifically to get like a really raw and uh, you know aggressive performance. Mm-hmm. Out of it. Let me listen to Slipknot Iowa if you want a good example of that. Um, but you know, I think I think in this case, I, I I would guess it's stuff like you know Fred was doing. You know, hey, make it more aggressive, make it make it a little mm-hmm. bit more raw. Um, ju- just kind of giving like an outside perspective on the song and say, hey, try this. You know, I it, it is going to be my guess. It's, because there's some producers that are really hands off. There's some producers that are really hands on. Um, so so you know, pr- a producer is kind of a it's not a set in stone role. Yeah, like uh, uh, Rick Rubin, he was yeah. very like hands on with producing. Like Beastie Boys, yes. But when um, like Lincoln Park and Slipknot worked with them, right? He was like, he would show up once a week, be like just check and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here with uh my he bare feet, sits on the couch. couch and just <laughs> listens to it, and yeah. then just says, hey, do this, and then, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's like also he's got a pretty <laughs> flawless track record, so yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard yeah. to you know <laughs> fault him for anything, yeah. Um, so next up, we got Lacquerhead, and this one is produced by Fred Durst, although he does not appear vocally on the track. Um, I think you can hear his influence a little bit on this. Yeah. Um, this is like my second favorite. I like this song. Yeah. I think it's just something about the the like bass riff in uh, Electric Uncle Sam, but like this one like has like such a cool like gallop to it. I know. And then like the build up. Like, we've talked before on the podcast that, like, I really don't care about, like, steampunk shit, but I could see, yeah. like, steampunk, like, I see, like, a steam engine. That's what, like, the bass sounds to me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. A little, like, steam puffs. And, like, Les Claypool seems like he's made out of steampunk shit. Yeah, but and cool. he's, like, he's, like, the, the one acceptable steampunk. Here we go. Can't you see like Wes playing guitar on that part? God, I wish. It seems like Primus would be right up Wes's alley. He loves Primus. He does. Okay. Yeah. It's is a lot of other this. That is just insane. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine approaching playing that. It's just crazy. I love the the tone, like the bass tone on this. Yeah. Because it's like deep, but it also has like a little like growl to it, you know? Yeah. It's like perfect. And and like this this song is like a perfect example of like what I was talking about with um, in reference to our town mm-hmm. because like huffing, you know, paints and solvents and carburetor. I know I knew people who huffed carburetor cleaner. Hmm. Um, who huffed duster. Yeah. Uh, spray it into a rag and huff it and get high. It's the shittiest fucking high. Wait, was our town what Mad Max Fury Road was based on? <laughs> Damn close. <laughs> Spraying like silver paint into their mouths. <laughs> Who ran Barter Town? <laughs> Our cop's name was Enos. That's not a joke. His name was 
Enos. <laughs> People called him that to his face. That was not his <laughs> Christian name. Yeah, it was. Was it really? Yes. Oh, my God. His name I, was Enos. Holy shit. Yes. I thought people just called him that because nope. it was like... Penis. Yeah. Nope. Enos the penis. We called him penis all the time to his face. <laughs> Fucker. Oh, here we go. Nice little build up here. Do you watch this video for this? No. I didn't watch this one. Cool, cool claymation. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Here we go. That's so... I like the guitarist, like, just in the back. Yeah. It's a very percussive band. I think that's one of the things I love about this album, is it has some nice momentum to it. There's, like, some slower songs, but yeah. even the slower songs have a nice, like, it's rhythm and, ambience like, cadence to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it just, it's just the... I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see, I can, I can see the Fred Durst influence on that one, just because it's, it's really aggressive. It is, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have I guessed appreciate. like, I, I guess I wouldn't have guessed, I wouldn't have guessed it's a Fred Durst specific. No, no. Production. It's just like knowing that I can kind of connect those dots. Yeah. But if I just heard that song by itself, I would have thought, oh, it's, I, I can see why it was on like what's considered their new metal album. But yeah, I don't. I really don't know what the influence is there. Are some of the older Primus albums that aggressive? Um, they've got them. They've got some aggressiveness to them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I was telling you off air last time that uh, uh, fucking god damn it, Jerry was a race car driver. That yeah, like bridge yeah, yeah. part. Holy shit! I've gone back to listen to that a few times. Like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking Hell about it right enough. now because I've heard that song growing up. Any of the, the Primus songs I know, I know from the radio and just like growing up with those songs. Yeah. So I've never really like sought them out. But uh, in preparation for listening to this, I uh, I went back and listened to Jerry was a race car driver. And it was like within the past like year or two that I remembered that there's like, oh, yeah, there's like double bass in that. And I was surprised that Primus used double bass. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, they're like very, like you said, percussive band. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe there's something here. And I was listening back to this album. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of shit on here that I like. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, a fun little fact. Um, I, I think he was into I think he was into metal a lot when he was younger because he, he famously before Primus um, uh, auditioned. After the death of uh, Cliff Burton, yeah, from Metallica. Uh, from Metallica, he auditioned for to be the new bass player for Metallica. Can you imagine that alternate reality? Wow, I wouldn't even I mean, know. Just one album, just yeah. one fucking album. I, I mean, Cliff was a goddamn genius. Yeah, I mean, Cliff was like a like a classically trained musician. Um, uh, the death of Cliff was 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 brutal. Mm. Um, but goddamn, it, like. And and literally they turned him down because they were like, You are too fucking good. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you can't play with us. Yeah. <laughs> like God damn to, to but just to have one album. But but hey, fu funny enough, uh, James Hetfield, you know, comes back and, and plays. Oh album. yeah. I didn't think about the yeah. that connection. And really I didn't even think about the Matt Stone connection with 
you know, the South Park oh. intro that's been around <laughs> for a thousand years uh, until we talked about it. But uh, yeah, and then, you know, uh, he, uh, Les Claypool was on the Limp Bizkit album mm-hmm. or that little yeah. like outro thing. He was hanging out with all of them. Like yeah. uh, uh, he, he was on like the Family Values tour. Um, yeah. So I th- so maybe maybe some of some of the aggressiveness was uh, you know from just hanging around with those dudes I I don't know but I mean he was you know obviously a, like a into metal into heavy music you know when he was younger um, but uh, they definitely have their own have their own uh, vibe you mm-hmm. know that's maybe not metal he, he's like my name is Mud it's kind of feels uh, maybe not metal I don't know <laughs> it's hard to. <laughs> hard to explain what the fuck <laughs> primus is it it really is they're they're very like um again they're like cake they're kind of their own flavor they're their own genre practically yeah yeah uh next up we got anti-pop and this was produced uh just by primus actually can you uh pause it real quick oh, i yeah. want i i have a version of the song that i wanted to play um i was kind of surprised at the album title of this anti-pop yeah um because like back then Back in our day, there was uh, a, th- a thing amongst uh, rock artists of the time that were very much against like boy bands and that type of thing, you know? Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that it would be Primus that would kind of go at that genre that way, you know? Yeah. Um, but, look, uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I thought it was interesting that mm-hmm. Primus would have such a song but uh i found this version of this song so uh let's give it a quick listen Dirty pop. now i think his vocal performance here is real interesting because it's atypical of what i would expect from a less clay pool but very much so yeah, yeah. It, wait 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 is this Corey feldman wait hold on there we go. There's Corey right there. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I hear it. I yeah. hear it. Okay. Yeah. I hear it. <laughs> it's um. I don't know. Uh, it it seems like it's a meta commentary a little bit. You know. Mm, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Yes. No. Listen to this bass. The body starts to rock. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, I'm just kidding. That's uh, Pop by NSYNC. By American human death metal band NSYNC. Uh, that's just regular pop. So, um, yeah, if you'd like, you can go ahead and play the, the actual version of Anti-Pop. Um, similar to a Justin Timberlake, though. So it is a little bit akin to this. Um, years ago, uh, I, I don't remember uh, when it came out, but the Justin Timberlake album, The 2020 Experience, came out my wife is a huge NSYNC fan huge fan of Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. she bought that album and she listened to it like on repeat like constantly and we would be just like doing stuff around the house and she would play it and you know it's produced by Timberland who's my favorite hip-hop producer yeah and I was like oh yeah that's not too bad and I would listen to it like over and over again because you would play it over and over again sure. and the more I would hear it the more I would pick up little like nuances in the music and I would find more and more things to like about it. Yeah. And that brings me to Anti-Pop by Primus, where I had a similar instance here. I listened to this album one time through, like, the day after we recorded the Bloodhound Gang episode. I was like, okay, yeah, like, there's, you know, a couple of tracks on there early in the album are, are good, but the rest of them are like, I don't know, the, a little bit of sameness, but whatever. 
And as I'm re-listening to this album over and over and over again uh, since the last recording, I was like, fuck. All of these songs sound cool. There's like parts of an intro of a song where I'm like, oh man, I know exactly what this chorus is going to be. Yeah. Like I'm anticipating certain bits of certain songs. So it's it's uh, rewards you upon re-listens is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, Which is not always the case with music, or at least for sure. me. Like there's a lot of times where I'm just like, all right, yeah, I know how the song goes, but this it, one. It, it's surprising at, at, at how different they sound. You would think that, like, oh, a lot of their music is going to sound the same, but, like, no, it's. They, they manage to stay in their weird little lane, but make it diverse enough that it doesn't all sound the same. It's. Just, it's each song stands on its own. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, this one's got a little bit of, like, a harder edge to it, too. I like this chorus. Oh, I've had this stuck in my head like all week. Oh, the same. I don't know how he's playing and singing that at the same time. But flawless. It is a little bit of a, uh, a treatise against like being pop or popular or whatever, right? But I mean, that's kind of like premise. This whole thing is like, I don't, I don't know that they were ever trying to be like radio friendly or whatever. Right. Like why known as Big Brown Beaver and all this shit. It's just like it almost seems like it's a novelty act that just is like, oh no, they're good. So that's why people like them so much, you know? Right. Yeah, I guess this. Is, I, I really never looked at the lyrics. I, I I pulled up a genius so I could look at some of the lyrics on this. But yeah, it it, it does sound like they are going after just like the. As a young man, I plug into the tube, but the stench of all that pretense I cannot muddle through. I lay on my back and scan the radio. All that comes out of my speakers is a steady syrup flow. That's really good. Mm. Um, uh, but I think he's, I think he's more like, j- just, just saying like how, how, how so much pop music just doesn't have much substance to it, mm. which is not like a completely unique. He's not the first person <laughs> to bring that up. Uh, by any means, but I think I think he, I think the way it's presented is uh, yeah, he's not like like name dropping Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, mm-hmm. you know. It's yeah. more just like it's more against like just recycled pop music in general, yeah. As opposed to you know where a lot of the bands at the time that were against like that whole pop music were just had like a much more surface level like NSYNC sucks, you know, and that yeah. was like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here, here's uh, I stood by watching and I seen them come and go. I seen them make that million, then vanish in the snow. They come upon you like a pack of rabid hounds as they slobber in your ears and purge you with their sounds. Um, so you know, like that—that's something that you could say that about any any generation of music has yeah. stuff like that. You know, uh, so so it. A lot of the stuff you were talking about, like the anti-boy bands and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and all that kind of stuff, um, it doesn't—it doesn't feel like it's stuck in that time. It feels like you could just you could make these arguments at any point in time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this part a lot. Yeah. The the chorus is like, ironically enough, so catchy. It repeats a lot, but it's like. I don't, it just fucking works, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's short. 
I think that's another yeah. thing. I think that that's what help it helps it is is where you get <clears throat> your cold chambers, uh, <laughs> where they do they'll do like sixteen bars of the same sentence. Hey guy, don't you monkey with the monkey? Monkey. <laughs> Uh, okay, next up we've got uh, Electric Electric, um, which is the longest uh, Wait, longest isn't it song on the... Eclectic Electric? Oh, I'm sorry. God damn it. Eclectic... It's hard to say. Eclectic Electric. Yes. That's, that's how they get you. Um, and I believe... Um, uh, okay, yes. James Hetfield plays rhythm guitar on this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um... And then uh, uh, Jim Martin, uh, who uh, was a guitarist for Faith No More, also plays guitar on this oh, as well. Oh, okay. Um, I think the one band that you could kind of be like, it's kind of close to-ish, at least in vibes, is Mr. Bungle. Mm. Um, that's like maybe the closest you could make, make, make it to mm. that is as weird and kind of... It's not just that it's weird; it's that it's like grimy and weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Has like this atmosphere to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And you know, like a lot of the stuff that he sings about, you know, like Lacquerhead is about like people huffing solvents, you know, which is not not typically a a a subject for songs. Um, But you know, if you grew up in a town like ours, uh, you certainly knew people who were huffing carburetor cleaners. If you were lucky, you got to know him. <laughs> I love this little bass lick that he doesn't hear. I used to be able to kind of approximate it a little bit. They should have called you bass lick tie. They should have. Fuck, missed opportunity. They should have. Marley, we gotta go back. <laughs> uh, it's just funny that James Hetfield plays guitars on this song because it's not one I, of the it's not one of the fastest songs yeah but uh, I kind of hear it on that little like guitar plucking if I were to guess yeah it's a no I can't hear it at all but man he's got he's got some uh, some really Hot toms there. Yeah. Because I don't get that. That's not a snare. He does it. I don't even think that would be a tom. That might be like a like a bongo or something. Yeah, I mean, it could be, yeah. I wouldn't put it past these weirdos. This weird is not as... the song that I was thinking of with the bass riff in it. It was later. Um, I don't know why I thought it was this one. But... Yeah, that. It could be um, not a piccolo snare. What am I trying to think of? Those those ones that look like upside down, like. (laughs) What, like a Jew harp? (laughs) Yeah. Um, the uh, the they look like. God, they look like Pringles cans, essentially. You know those like small ass. Oh yes, you're you're probably right. I forget. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. That does sound right. Yeah, it's just got a really creepy, mm-hmm. creepy vibe to it. Yeah. I love it. 
I don't know what Hetfield's playing. I don't either. Because it just has rhythm guitar, so... I don't really hear a rhythm guitar in there. <laughs> Song's only halfway over. <laughs> I think I'm blinded by the sun. <laughs> oh yeah, we got my little dog Miles in here now. Party about to go off. No. Oh, there we go. That's it right there. That's Hetfield. Yeah. Bluesiness. Yeah. I love that Les Claypool's speaking voice sounds so much like his singing voice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's got such a weird voice. There is you know! <laughs> you know! I can't even do it. It's good. He could be like in a room having a conversation with Alf, and people would be like, wow, that guy has a weird voice. <laughs> Um, there's a. Hey! <laughs> there's a. <laughs> Where's the cat? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, uh, live video that I saw of uh, when I was trying to like find uh, video footage of them playing uh, Electric Uncle Sam live. One of the videos I found was of. Uh, uh, it was a, a live performance somewhere, and again, like same shitty like VHS tape recording. Sure, but that seems it, perfect for Primus, though. <laughs> absolutely, I, like I. Thought, I don't want to like, see it in HD. I want to see it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it seemed like oh, this is probably on their like, uh, like DVD footage or some shit like that. You know, like right. this, this is just what their like concert home video would look like. Yeah, but it was. Um, he was dressed up. He looked like Professor Pig. From like Batman comics. Oh, 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 you know yes, 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 yes. I yeah. know exactly what you're I was like, about. yeah. Wow, this is. Did DC Comics rip off Primus or something? Was he shit? playing his um, uh, Womolo? Oh, I don't think so. I, I Do you know what the, the Womolo is? Uh, it's, it's this long, like, wooden string that's got a handle on the top, and I think it oh. has like two strings or maybe just one string running down yeah. it. And he plays it with like a. a, a like a bow or something? Like a, yeah, like a bow from like a violin. Yeah. And, um, God damn, it's an instrument that he invented. Oh, really? Called the Womolo, yes. Oh, shit. And he usually, he usually wears like a pig mask when he plays it. Oh, okay. No, um, he didn't. Or, or like a monkey mask. At sometimes. least not at the beginning of uh, the video. Like the part oh, okay. that I watched, yeah. he was just playing his like actual like electric bass, but... Yeah, that's wild. There's I had several live Primus DVDs back oh, yeah? in the day that I used to watch. I probably saw that one, but yeah, I don't remember it very well. Um, there's this band called Moto Grader. Hell yeah! <laughs> that uh, uh, like the lead singer went on to be in like uh, fucking uh, God, I want to say like 
<laughs> down for 555 but that's like an Arby's thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of that. Uh, what was it? Uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Like the singer went on to be in that band. But oh, okay. before that, he was in this band called Moto Grader. It was named after this instrument that was in the band. That it was like the bass guitar, but it was like if you had a steel guitar, but you put bass strings on it instead. And instead of like playing it with your fingers, you played it with drumsticks. So you like hit the like thickest string and it had this like percuss or percussive growl to it. It was weird. Yeah. I think we'll like get into it at a a certain point. It's it's like in the early 2000s. Sounds fucking cool. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Okay. So next up we have greet the sacred cow. Uh, There's another one produced by Primus and no one else. (laughs) And then it's like, we go into like, you know, Pacific Indian, like weird tonal half notes, which I love. Has a completely different. They have a completely different approach to uh, like music scales uh, in like India and other places as well. But, uh, India specifically has some really interesting. I don't know. I don't care for other people. Yeah. Um, Seem problematic. Yeah. I had this one guy on podcast one time, and uh, I was just like, wow, it's a lot of weird shit. Yeah. A lot of weird shit. <laughs> What's funny is there's two songs on here about cows. I know. I was thinking about that. Uh, when you first said the name of this track, I was like, oh, this is the one where Oklahoma gets a shadow. I was like, no. Obviously, that's the one with Bodacious in the title. Yes, it is. Yeah. And do you know the story behind it? No. Oh, okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, before we get there, uh, we talked about the... The title of this album, Anti-Pop. Uh, let's I talk about the effect on his bass. Yeah. God, I wish West Borland played with him. <laughs> let's talk about the album artwork. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. This, this might be the uh, the best album cover they have, for Ooh. in my opinion. Because I feel like a lot of their album covers are ugly. <laughs> I mean, purposely so, yes. Purposely so. Pork soda is disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, uh, I love I love seas of cheese though. So sailing seas of cheese. Is that the one that's like the 3D, like the? It's like a ship sailing a sea of cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is the uh, the one that looks like the CGI like smiley face looking? Oh, dicks. Um, is the animal should not try to act like people or no? Um. Tales from the Punch Bowl. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like, what is this? What is that supposed to it's be? It's perfect. That's what it is. <laughs> Primus Brown album is just the most <laughs> generic ass thing in the world. I love it. I think it's, it's like by design supposed to be that, right? Yeah. It looks like a... Uh, That's oh, sailing yes. the season of cheese. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Brown album. First of all, Respect the title. Secondly, <laughs> it looks like a um, a locally owned A&W root beer like burger place. 
The Brown Album? No, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Brown Album. I got a coupon. <laughs> what is it? Uh, gra- gra- uh, graphic art is my passion or whatever. What's the, uh, the phrase? Graphic design is my passion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that most of their albums, especially their early ones, were like all like claymation. Yes, yeah. Because you got like Suck on This, um, Frizzle Fry, uh, Seeds of Cheese, uh, Miscellaneous Debris. I think that's a CGI one. And uh, then Pork Soda is very, <laughs> very much. <laughs> pork Soda. So, yeah, that was like the best one. Yeah. I love Tales from the Punch Bowl. It is just, it's so gross, uh, but it's great. I can't even tell what it is. It's like, where are those supposed to be? Just like weird things. It's like early AI, like. <laughs> I assume those like three On smiley the- face things are supposed to represent the band members. Oh, yeah, maybe. I didn't think about that. It's probably true. But this was like the height of. CGI for time, this for thing, sure, right? Because yeah. this came out in 1995. People were like, mm, yeah, this is basically Jurassic Park. That's what <laughs> yeah. I know. This is it. I love it. It's like a whole aesthetic now is like uh, like 90 CGI. Yeah. Like a lot of people are using that kind of stuff on T-shirts and uh, albums and shit. Their most recent album is from 2017. The Desaturating Seven. I didn't... I listened to a little bit of it. I didn't get super into that one. That's probably my least... I like the early stuff. <laughs> Seven songs, 35 minutes. Every song begins with the word the. Next up, we've got Mama Didn't Raise No Fool, produced and starring Tom Morello. Right there. You couldn't tell. No, you can. Like, that's definitely Tom Morello. Mm-hmm. I love this song too. <laughs> it's another great chorus. Oh yeah. They're definitely reaching back to a little bit more of their funk, uh, their, their funk roots on this one. Yeah. What you mean? This. Yes. It sounds like he's like bending his voice. I know. You know? <laughs> he's doing the Jim Carrey. Uh. <laughs> it's so weird. He's got such a great voice. I like. I would rather listen to a singer that isn't the best singer in the world, but has a very unique voice than somebody who has like perfect pitch. Yeah. Um. Like even like your like Billy Corgan's, um, like I, I, I like that I that he sounds so weird. <laughs> I I never got into Smashing Pumpkins. Like I, under, I understand like I'm not people the like the hugest him. fan, but I, it was just the first thing that popped into my head. Like I uh, at a a previous uh, job, I worked with someone who was like a a massive fan of. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins and I only found this out because they did something similar they mentioned Billy Corgan I said yeah I'm not really a big fan of the Smashing Pumpkins but like there's just like 
middle of the road to me. I, I yeah. don't ever really think about them. She goes, fun fact, I like Smashing Pumpkins. And that's how I, you know it's not a fun fact. There's no... That's not a fun fact, dude. <laughs> You're like, oh! Wow! <laughs> yeah. was, I swear, oh, wow. it just got off a roller coaster. What a fun <laughs> fact that was. That's simply a fact, I guess. Here we go. Do you remember... Um, I think it was like maybe 2001. Um, whenever Chocolate Starfish came out, and on the VMAs, Limp Biscuit won an award mm-hmm. for uh, that album for maybe his best song. I don't I don't remember what it was, but they were on stage. And then the bass player from Rage Against the Machine, uh, Tim Cumberford, yeah, he like walked across all the seats, then climbed up like a structure behind Limp Biscuit as they were accepting the award. Oh yeah, and, and like, Fred Durst, out. Was, yeah, I guess so. And then like Fred Durst was like he telling was, him like, to jump. I think he was tripping. Like, I don't know. Dr- really drunk or something he, like that. He said in an interview later, he's like, oh, I was just bored and I, you know, didn't like the band who won an award or whatever. But like, but Fred Durst and Tom Morello worked on this album, so I wonder if they like ever interacted or how that all like jives now. I know Tom Morello has said like, "We're sorry for Limp Biscuit or whatever." I doubt they. I doubt they were in the same place at the same time. If you're I mean. Tom Morello, do you not see like uh, a sonic kinship with West Borland? Do you not? Because it. I'm not saying they play similarly, but they both have like a a similar um, hip hop approach to guitar playing at times. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, between the two bands, one of them uh, is still around, so. Did you hear about that? Rage Against the Machine broke up again? Well, yeah. I, I, I know Tim's got cancer. Oh, shit. And uh, apparently, uh, whenever Zach broke his leg, mm-hmm. um, he's had some major issues with it and, like, can't walk properly. Uh, so I'm not holding my breath for them to get back together. Yeah. But, uh, sucks. Yeah. I would love to see them live. But, you know, I mean, yeah. they were supposed to tour with Run the Jewels back before the, uh, pandemic. I know. The pandemic <laughs> more. I was about to was buy tickets. Kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. Because that would be a insane. A really wild chew. <laughs> really, really good. Uh, Dirty Drowning Man we got next here. So, uh, in my thoughts on this album... As this I, is a, this, is, this yeah. one is produced by Stuart Copeland. Um, are you familiar with Stuart Copeland? The drummer uh, from The, the Police. Preacher. Oh, yes. Uh, also was a drummer for um, uh, Oysterhead. Oh, That's, this, okay. This very much sounds like an Oysterhead song. Does it? Okay. Yeah. Um... Uh, Oysterhead, you know, sounds sound, sounds a lot like Primus, but it's uh, not as dirty, not as uh, funky. It's like more straightforward. I, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I yeah. think when I think back on this album, like in its totality, and I'm like, uh, like trying to gauge what I want to rate this, I'm like, yeah, 
this song doesn't really like do it for me. But then I listened back to it on my way home. I was like, man, the like the actual like, music part of it, I think is great. But yeah. the like, I like that part of the chorus. But the, awesome. the, the rest of the chorus, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like uh, this is not my favorite vocal performance on this album, but it. I honestly don't think there's a bad song on this album. Like I, I have a blast. Like yeah, front yeah, to I back. Totally agree. This, there's not really any clunkers for me. I do like some songs more than others for sure, but what? Yeah. What? Uh, what number of track are we on? Here? Uh, this is number nine. Nine. So, like it, it takes nine tracks before I get to a song where I'm like, maybe not this one. Maybe this one is skippable to me. But then you get, but to, then you like, get to this. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just feel. It's just got like a. I just got a driving, yeah, energy behind it that uh, I love. And this uh, part, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, Stuart Copeland is a. Uh, I mean, he's not just the drummer for the Police. He's he's, he's a also m- a member. <laughs> hey, Cap. Uh, <laughs> uh, all, Cop- all Copeland's passions. <laughs> Uh, no, he's like a, he's like an extremely uh, accomplished musician in his own right. He's done like a million uh, movie scores, um, some really good ones too. Uh, he he's like a multi instrumentalist. Um, he's absurdly fucking talented, like truly ridiculously a talented man. It goes underappreciated, I think, when people talk about. Some of the greats. I, I, I do think Stuart Copeland should be mentioned there because his his musicianship goes further than most people realize. Not just a drummer for the police. I mean, Les Claypool is not the most famous uh, front man bass player that he's played with before, right? Like he's played with Sting in the Police. That's but true. Like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you were to just set their bass playing aside, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, put the bass playing of Les Claypool versus Sting together. I mean, I feel like Les has the upper hand by far, right? I mean, yeah. Do okay. you think, like... Sting's not a bad bass player. No, but, um, like... And also, Sting is fucking Sting, you know? Yeah. yeah. I like Sting a lot. Um, yeah, like, everybody I, should. Sting's but, great. like, do you ever think after... Stuart Copeland played with Les Claypool and then like got back together with the police to play with Sting. He was like, well, I mean, you could probably step it up a little bit. I mean, you know. Yeah. I don't know I'm talking about sex, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, here's some of uh, the, the film scores that he's done. Uh, Rumblefish, Out of Bounds, Wall Street, She's Having a Baby, uh, Taking Care of Business, Men at Work, H- Highlander 2, The Quickening. <laughs> Man, somebody just mentioned that on a podcast today. Who was it? I'm going to think about that. Um, Lorenzo's Oil. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, White Dwarf. Tyson. Uh, Suburbia, if you remember that one. Uh, Richard Linklater. Um, Anna Karina. Wait, is that that? Oh, we... <laughs> Apparently, Good Burger. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy shit. Um, taking, of the, taking of the Pelham 1, 2, 3. Um, man, he has done uh, an absurd amount of uh, 
That's a lot. amount of scores. And, like, and I'm not even like a varied amount as well. Uh, Simpatico, She's All That, Boys and Girls, um, On the Line. <laughs> I, I found it. It's uh, uh, the most recent episode of Erie International, uh, episode 392. Uh, my, uh, my English friend Dave uh, had uh, mentioned Highlander 2, The Quickening. So, uh, <laughs> And I didn't hear that part until after work today. So, uh, yeah. Like, nice. Yeah, within a couple of hours of each other. He's also done a ton of music for the Spyro the Dragon games. Really? Yeah. Desperate Housewives. I'm a big Babylon PlayStation 5. guy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 he is a pro, uh, uh, prolific, uh, prolific musician. Uh, this one is the Ballad of Bodacious. Wow, two back-to-back new metal reviewed adjacent albums. They both have ballads. One about a porn star. The other. Oh yeah. About a lady who has hairy arms. Nope. You know what the oh hey oh, no, yeah, sorry yeah you got it. Uh, so this one is produced by Primus. Wait, hold on, we gotta get our shout out here. Wait, where in Oklahoma? Does he say? Okay. So, um, by the way, this is like fucking Les Claypool has bars, you know? It's like it's, Oh, yeah, it's crazy, right? It's like in my uh like in the top 10 favorite rappers everyone has, Les Claypool should be in that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so Bodacious uh, was a uh, was at one point known as the world's most dangerous bull. He was uh, a bucking uh, bucking bull. Mm. Uh, so if you've ever seen you know rodeos where the cowboy gets on the bull and goes out and has to last for you know eight seconds or whatever. Um, uh, also known as greatest bull to ever buck. Wow. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he. he uh, I heard that Bodacious got his bucking skills from the maternal side of his family. Absolutely, she was a real mother bucker. <laughs> so uh, uh, he's from uh, Goltree, Oklahoma. Goltree, okay. Goltree, Oklahoma. Is that a real place? Which is located in Alfalfa Country. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Alfalfa County. County. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Alfalfa County. Um, uh, the population is 249. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that got, we that got a shout out. Holy shit! All right, sure. Yeah, uh, but no, the whole the whole thing is about the bull. Yeah, nineteen hundred pounds. <laughs> I mean, come on! I mean, it's, I fucking love that. It's I'd be amazing. Like, to to be able to like write write this song he and this is like you know the internet was around at this time but it was not like yeah as prevalent we didn't have smartphones to where he could be like oh yeah I heard about this bull let me read this Wikipedia page about this bull like he had to write either hear about this maybe he made it up I don't know <laughs> just like how did this song lyrically come to be you know yeah. Uh, but he was famous. He was a famous bull. Uh, he he uh, 
at, at the time was, you know. Which, which you know, I, I find funny because uh, Les Claypool, you would think like, oh, he's from like Oklahoma or Texas, but he's from California. Uh, but he, he's got so much country, like yeah. like the way he sings and like, uh, I don't know, some, some of just like the vibe has like the very Midwest Wow, yeah, I never would have thought. Uh, vibes to it. But yeah, he's born in California, born and raised. Wow. Um, next one is uh, Power Man. P- Power Mad, also produced by one Mr. Tommy Morello. I don't know who that was. I, it almost sounds like Tom Waits, but I don't, I don't know. Did you say something about White House panties? This very much sounds like a Tom Morello riff right here. It's weird how Tom Morello does really like kind of fit in with them pretty well. Yeah. He could easily be like a second guitarist in the band, but like that's that's very very Tom Morello. Yeah, real rep, repetitious. Yeah, but also that big like big up stroke on the on the strum. It is kind of funny that Tom Morello can get away with that shit, right? Like, what's the guitar part? Just this, like, 80 times in this verse. Um, then we go to a chorus. That, but, like, you know, he he gets away with it. He gets away with it because it sounds unique. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean. If it, if it sucked, we wouldn't, like, tolerate it. But, you know. Right. He, he makes it. He, he, he's very inventive with his, uh, with his pedals and with his just, like, his technique. Yeah. He plays it like a DJ. I mean, he does, but it, it's a lot more than... How does it feel, guitarist? Yeah. <laughs> Pieces of shit. You talked earlier about, um, you know, working with other local musicians and, you know, you as a bass player, if you're going to, like, play a show or something like that with uh, a guitarist or, you know, if it's, like, their band... Yeah, right. You gotta like do your research ahead of time, like. Sure. Okay, so this guitarist, this singer, whomever, is the leader of the band. Like, was this gig going to be light? Am I going to get paid? How many scarves do they wear on the regular? That's <laughs> these are the questions you need to know. Right. These are the things that people don't tell you. You have to figure them out for yourself. Yeah. I, yeah. It. it I, you know. I, I didn't do like um, I would play with bands that were like had like fully written songs, um, no. but that's a lot harder because you have to learn all the progressions and all the breaks and all the you know you, you have to learn you have to learn the song like how it's yeah. how it's structured. But I played in a lot of bands that were just like um, so, so I played with a lot of like hip hop uh, guys, yeah, uh, like like rappers, and so again, my me and my friend Adam. Our friend Adam uh, would just would literally just go in. We wouldn't have anything written, and we would just go in and 
sit down and with with other musicians that we may we may knew or didn't know that well or kind of knew or something like that and you would just sit down and start in front of a live crowd okay let's start playing this somebody yeah. start playing something and then everybody picks up on it and then somebody starts rapping over it or something yeah it would or, be like very improvisational yes and that's, like okay give me a job yeah <laughs> And that's my favorite because it's like there's zero pressure. You're not like, oh, I forgot that part or I played yeah. the wrong note because you're like all like kind of in the same in the same groove and you you know you find like kind of a progression and then everybody kind of plays off that progression. Yeah. So there's not really like you can't really fuck up that way. Unless um, you like uh specifically build in hard stops. <laughs> like you get like three measures in and you just stop. Right, right. Well, that's 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 where it was fun whenever you would get to cuz like Adam and I could like we could like stop on a dime. Sure. Cuz we would be like this is this this is where this needs to end right yeah. here. Mm -hmm. But that's because we spent hours and hours and hours and hours just sitting together playing music mm -hmm. and it's weird. I know it sounds crazy, but like we could like talk to each other through music. Mm -hmm. Um like I would understand what he's going towards, he would understand what I was going towards and we would kind of just like uh, there's this just just beautiful like simpatico that happens with somebody that you play with a lot, and so mm -hmm. there would be there would be some guitarists that we would that we would play with where we would get uh, we would get into that groove, and it could just be we could just like all like wrap up at the same time, and we would all be on the same page, and it's a beautiful thing when it happens. Mm -hmm. And I am I am one to I, I I don't love jam bands. Yeah, I like jamming, mm -hmm. but I've always maintained that jamming is only fun for the person who is doing the jamming. <laughs> Not for yeah. the person who is listening. That being said, the exception to that is hip hop, because right, you ha yeah. you have a rapper up there, um, and you're not just like noodling around on solos for twenty minutes, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're finding a pocket, a groove, and you're kind of you know building that groove out while a rapper is up there kind of doing the solo. So yeah. so it's a little bit different. It, like jamming is just like masturbating. Like it's fun for you, mm -hmm. but it's not really fun for anybody else. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you insist on people watch you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I go to schools. I'm like, kids, look, <laughs> look at me. you want to see what I got my coat here? <laughs> um, no. Okay. Um, this is, uh, the final voyage of the liquid sky. I wonder if this has to do with drugs. Um, this, okay. I'm sorry. This is the riff that I would, I would like fuck around and play with for a long time with my, like, uh, with my bass pedals, I would try to get this. That. Did you, I don't remember you having like a ton of pedals back in the day. Did you? Had a few. Did you fuck around with? What What is the process of like finding the sound you're looking for with that? Like I had different effects processors and stuff, yeah. but I kind of like knew what I, I wanted. Well, my favorite was the Rat. Uh, I, I think the Rat pedal is the greatest bass pedal ever invented one is just called the rat pedal um it's just one it's one giant switch that you step on and it makes the bass sound like uh i mean kind of like this honestly they have uh, all these like <laughs> all of these like hard sounding like guitar pedals yeah like, what are we gonna call this one for the bass player mm, the rat i love it <laughs> i still own that pedal i have beat the shit out of that pedal and it still works now Great. we call this one the Lester. It's named after the sidekick on Bigman's World. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I had some like uh, some like um, 
you know, like delays, uh, some like tremolos. Mm. Um, uh, I really like. Um, God damn it! Oh my god, I, I cannot. I am. It's um. It's almost. Oh wait. Fuck me. It's eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm completely. Blanking. But in the PM though. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's no, okay. it's late as fuck. Um. No. The, uh. I, I cannot think of the name of it. Um. Was it like a phaser or a flanger or something like that? Uh. Yeah. It was something like that. That would. That would kind of give it this underwater sound. And I'm full on blanking on the name. Anyways. Yeah. I, I had. I had a few pedals. Um. But I. I mostly stuck. <laughs> mostly stuck to the rat. <laughs> Um, just because it was just so uh, grimy and it sounded so good with with the bass. But, there was um, a, uh, a a term that I learned a few years back about. It's like an alternate term for like uh, farting, which is to crack a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> we, oh, that's amazing. So I was just imagining if you like. Stomp too hard, you would like crack a rat, but it's like <laughs> a different context, you know. Crack a rat. There's just something about like farts that will never not be funny to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, like because I just sold a few uh, pedals, so, sold a few of my old pedals. Oh, you did? Um, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I had an octave pedal. Um, which I didn't, I didn't really use all that much. Uh, I sold my digital delay pedal, which well, whatever. Uh, then I had a chromatic tuner, but that's just a tuner. That's not really. Uh, Did you ever um, get one of those like larger effects boards? Like I knew a, a couple of guitarists that had some of those, where it had like a, a Walla pedal on one side, and then it had these like uh, toward the center of it, it had like different, I don't know, like a little buttons you could step on for different effects or whatever. Do you ever have right. like one of those like boards? No, 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 no. I I, I never got that far yeah. into it. No, I would I would usually only have like um um like two or three pedals max. Yeah. On stage, just because it was it was always such a pain in the ass to. That's why I, I, I just like to have one or two, um, yeah. and then I could just use either one or the other, or on some songs, combine the two of them, um, and that, that that right there gave me enough options to kind of play around with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my, uh, the uh, Tremolo um, is one that I love that I, I did not end up selling because I really loved it. Do you um, still have your like bass guitar and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. still there. got my all, my all my equipment. Um, haven't, well, except for the few pedals that I sold, but I didn't really... I got and I just really didn't care about. I see. Uh, but that rat pedal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All day. Repping the rat. Rat, 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 rat. <laughs> um, so, uh, wait, is this the last track? Like the, uh, uh, the last? No. Oh, wait, yo. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, we got one more. Close. One more. Which is funny because... Um, like, I looked up the track list, uh, I guess, uh, after the last recording, the Bloodhound yeah. Gang episode, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, there's like four tracks. Oh, wait. I have I have I the just rat in front of me. pulled up the picture of Distortion the rat. filter volume. Rat. <laughs> yes. The best. The best pedal ever made. Best bass effects pedal, in my opinion. 
But that's just me. Did uh, did you ever like talk to other bass players when you would go play like live shows and shit and like kind of like um, information gather and that type of thing? No. No. Okay. I didn't think they were any good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't. Okay, Coattails of a Dead Man. This one, um, this is one of my favorite ones on here, and I'm curious what you think of this song. So, as I was listening to this album, um, and, and what I was saying before is, uh, I looked up the the track list uh, after the blood hang, blood blood hanging record, yeah, uh, bl- uh, blood handmaiden uh, album review, and I was like, oh, there are 14 tracks on here, and. Um, <laughs> Um, I was like uh, As I was listening back to this album Today as a matter of fact I got to this track I was like oh This sounds like it should be the last track on the album Because it's weird and like uh, Fisherman-y You know Yeah. It sounds like something that uh, Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys With uh, Row Crew to <laughs> That joke is only for Ross. Yep, I got it. <laughs> I love. But it, it, it's very like sea shanty esque, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, this is this is one produced by Tom Waits, who also features oh. on this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Le, uh, Les actually did some production on some of um, Tom, or at least I know one Tom Waits. I'm a big Tom Waits fan. Um, I know he did a lot of work on Bone Machine, which is my favorite Tom Waits album. Um, and it's got some stuff like this. That's got this like almost weird circusy kind of sea shanty polka, like goth polka or something. Yeah. Um, but it's very weird. But this is one of those songs that's like, when I first heard it, I was like, I've never heard anything like this before. And it. It immediately put me in like this headspace that I can't explain. It has like this um, kind of like um, old timey circus vibe. You yeah, know, like I, I could see, I could see like a weird uh, pirate ship, but it's like inside a circus tent. But a yeah. bear is the captain. And yeah. also the ringmaster. And it's like 1894. Yeah. Yeah. You have some of those. Um, oh, my God. What are they called? And there's like, a, there's like a gypsy woman that puts a curse on you. Uh, is that is that racist? <laughs> we'll allow it. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I know what you're saying. Here. There's Tom. You hear him back there? Yeah. There oh, he is. There he is. Holy shit. There's Tom. There's uh, an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants that has uh, the entire episode. And you know, uh, episodes of SpongeBob, it's like three seven minute episodes or whatever. Yeah. Like per actual like 30 minute chunk. And uh, there's one of those segments where the entirety of the background music is from Pantera. And it makes me wonder, why not this, though? 
Because this seems oh, like it yeah. would fit right in with a, a SpongeBob episode. You know? I wouldn't know. I don't know SpongeBob, but I'll well, take your word for it. You know, but but he's perfect man. Hey. Yeah, I just this song just transports me to another place. It, I I like this song. But as I was listening back to this, I was like, this seems like it should be the last song of this album. Yeah. But there's another I track mean, after this. It is. And I, I mean, was like, wait, what? How how bizarre. Like, what a weird. How bizarre. How bizarre. What, what was that guy's name? Yeah. I wanted to say ODB, but well, that was not it. OMC. OMC? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my cock. <laughs> but, uh, it just seemed like a, a, a weird way to uh, have the track listed And then I saw, oh, the 14th track was a hidden track I was like, yeah. oh, okay, this makes way more sense Right So I, uh, I went a whole album with this <laughs> Given the context, uh, yeah, I do I, I mean, like this song is pleasant to listen to It just seemed like weirdly out of place with another song after it Yeah But knowing that the 14th and final track, The Heckler is a hidden track, or it used to be one. Yeah. Um, it, it makes way more sense. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I don't know who produces Heckler. I'm guessing probably probably just uh, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you heard about the Son of the Mask? Oh yeah, of course. The movie. Yeah, but there's like a, a story behind like. That whole thing. Oh, oh, here we are on. Uh, I feel like I ha- yes, the, the heckler. heckler. Yeah, I feel like I have heard. There's a um, a couple of years back, there was a uh, on his YouTube channel. Yeah, he was. He had this like I think it's like a three part video essay where he's talking about Son of the Mask, and he's talking That's about right. how like when they were filming it, it seemed like it was going to be more of a like dark and thoughtful and serious tone. Yeah, but then. In post-production, the studio was like, no, it needs to be more fun and whimsical like the first movie, the Jim Carrey one. Right. And so it turned into this whole other thing. But he's like, I'm sure that the raw footage is out there, and I hope to eventually be able to like recut it and, and put it together. Huh. So I don't know if he's... I mean, he needs to call fucking Topher Grace. Like, hey, man, let's get together with this. Yeah. So th- I, I would like to see like a like a real like Dan Arcudi, Doug Mankey uh, take on the mask. After Deadpool came out, yeah, back in um, when, uh, 2014, 2015, that first Deadpool movie. Uh, and there are a lot of people who were like, can superhero movies be R-rated? That movie came out. It was a fucking hit around Valentine's Day, right? And uh, people were like, oh yeah, people will love this. And then like. You know, Logan came out a, a couple yeah. to a few years later, also a big hit and very good. And then my thought was like, guys, why aren't you fucking remaking the mask? I because know. it's fucking perfect for this. Yeah. The the for the listeners who may not know, the mask comics, the original mask comics, hyper fucking violent. It, Just like. It, uh, and you may be thinking in your head, oh, I know what that means. No. You do not know. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Especially when you get to the mask Lobo. Holy shit. It's the perfection. Most violent. Possibly the greatest comic I've ever read. It, it might be the greatest bit of media that's ever existed. Uh, honestly, not even a joke. Uh, speaking of media, this part of this song yeah. is like the most new metal of this entire that's album. Just a matter I of think. opinion. Yeah. No, no it's true. You can't argue with it. 
you did you know, did you know those can. Mask Lobo comics are going for like an insane amount of money uh, now? Yeah. I, I have like two copies of both. Do you <laughs> really? Two, yeah. I had a... Uh, is one of those issue twos mine? <laughs> because I, I, be. I had a, a, both issues at one point and I thought I knew where I had them and yeah. I, uh, I pulled out issue one right where I thought it would be and I cannot find issue two it's possible I that I have issue two okay. yeah because um, I was like fuck but I like have this in a, uh, a DC Comics Dark Horse Comics like crossover trade paperback as well but it's just like you know oh. a, com- a, a comfort comic for me oh absolutely like you know if, if the war should go down you know there's I, one specific panel that I uh, talked about multiple times but where uh, Lobo puts on the mask and screams oh my God. and his word bubble Ugh. is a bowl with a bisected foot in it and a bunch <laughs> of eyeballs pulled poured over it and yeah. that's what like what he's screaming uh-huh. and that to me is like the most perfect example of why comics are amazing because uh-huh. you can't do that in a movie you can't can't do that in a book like a novel no. you can only that can only exist in a comic book and it only makes sense there and it's okay that was the last one yeah okay <laughs> we talked, I don't know. <laughs> um okay so let's let's uh we, we, we should probably go ahead and wrap this biatch uh, you think said, so i haven't said it's, it's biatch only... in 20 years <laughs> fuck me well hey we're back it's in late. this time you know this album punchy. came out October yeah. 19th, 1999, so just before Halloween around that time. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Perfect. he was he was uh, polishing up his Professor Pig costume uh, <laughs> and uh, getting ready to get out there and uh, uh, start uh, rocking this bad boy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, final thoughts on this one. Uh, what do you what do you think about uh, Primus's Antipop? About 63 minutes long. Love we it. can always make it longer. Love it top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I, I've listened. I, I, I usually go back to some of the older like pork soda and seeds of cheese. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't listen to this one as much, not for any particular reason. It's just like, I, I have such a nostalgic attachment to those other ones and not as much of a nostalgic attachment to this one. Um, but going back and listening to the entire thing front to back, like electric uncle, uncle, Electric Uncle Sam and Lacquerhead were the ones that I had on like playlists and stuff, so I would hear those pretty regularly. But as an album as a whole, I hadn't listened to this in a long time, front to back. And um, sort of like you were saying, like the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Song. Okay, yeah, yeah, this is okay. There's a couple moments in there where I was like, eh, maybe like mind drifted a little bit. But like, listen to it again, and I'm like, oh wow, hey, 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 this is this is actually really cool. And the more and more I listened to it, like. By today, I, I, I listened to it like three times. And I've listened to it multiple times over the past week. And today alone, I think I listened to it like three or four times. Yeah, this would same. be like my fourth or fifth time listening to it yeah. today. And it just, every single time I listen to it, it grows on me more and more and more. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I fucking love this album, man. Yeah. I fucking love it. I, I don't know if this is the biggest new metal album of all time. <laughs> well, uh, this is technically their only new metal album. Right. So, and I, I wouldn't even know... How much I would I personally would consider this new metal? Um, yeah, like there there are some uh, flavors here and there. It's kind of like that uh, that one Slayer album, Diabolus and Musica. Yeah, um, where it's just like I guess so. Yeah, but it's just kind of like I uh, by the loosest definition of the word. Yeah, yeah. but again, you've got fucking um, you got Tom Morello and Fred Durst in there. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Yeah, it, look, even uh, Metallica put out a uh, new metal song or two back yeah, in the day. Yeah, so. Yeah. 
Uh, it's bound to happen. Matt but Stone, New Metal King. Corn <laughs> <laughs> was on t- South Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Making connections. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Lost connections for New Metal. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, man, I was really impressed with this album. I really was. I, w- I yeah. was kind of like semi-dreading it, you know, that uh, Bloodhound Gang album didn't hold up as much as I had hoped it yeah, would. Same. But um, it was still enjoyable. I, that said, I thought going into this one, it was going to be like a bit of a slog. Uh, again, I'm, I'm only really familiar with the uh, radio hits of Primus. Sure. And some of those songs, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's okay, but it's not. I, I really don't think about it too much. I've heard Wine on His Big Brown Beaver enough. That yeah, I, like, yeah. I, I like it, but uh-huh. it's just, yeah, I've heard it a million times. Yeah. It's like, man, it's, okay, she has a pet. Like, all right, fine. Jerry was a race car driver, though. Every time that comes on, I'm, the, I'm cranking that Jesus shit. Christ. That's rediscovering that song yeah. has been a goddamn treasure in mm. my life. Yo! Oh, man. Like, here, listening he to it. It sound like an engine. It's crazy. It's so rad because I that's what I thought. I thought it was like a, a sample that was overlaid. Nope. It's not. It's a growling bass mixed with the, yep. uh, the, the uh, fucking kick drum heads mm-hmm. hitting like in just like perfect timing. Yeah. And it just has this like. It sounds perfect. I love it. He's doing like. He does a little like, like a little step down, like right, right in the middle of it. Um, Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I'm so glad you like this album, though. I I was like, man, this is going to go one way or the other. I don't know. I enjoy this album so much that I look forward to listening to some other Primus albums because this one was like. Uh, I didn't know they could. Uh, I didn't know it could be like this. Yeah. No one told me. I uh, <laughs> will be filing a lawsuit. And uh, and then you've got like you've got like Tommy the Cat. Uh, <laughs> I listened to that song today. Uh, my way to work. Uh, what, what's the other? Uh, John the Fisherman. Um, oh. Uh, it's another great one. Uh, but yeah, uh, just just I fuck, fucking Primus. Primus yeah. sucks. Um, <laughs> that was their website back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Primus, that, and that was like a saying that everybody would be like, everybody bring up Primus, but Primus sucks. But it was you know a joke. Yeah, yeah, it was like me. It, you're part of the club that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're gonna rate this how we normally do: zero to seven new metal guitar strings. Ross, what are you rating Antipop by Primus? Out of se- out of seven strings. Yes. I got to give it a six. It's okay. a, it's a it's a six for me. How it's about you? Uh, for me, I'm going to give this one a five with room to grow, because uh, uh, I feel like I said earlier this album is going to reward you upon re-listens. Yes, and uh, even the songs that I was like not super into grew on me over the past uh, you know right. time that we've uh, been listening to this since yeah. the last album review. I I I, I can't believe I. Forgot, but my name is Mud. Oh yeah, I mean, just the just amazing, amazing song. Um, uh, uh, and then uh, Shake Hands with Beef. Um, highly, you got to check that one out. I think that's on Brown album. Um, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's on Brown album. Uh, that's another one that I, I I fucking love. Um, anyways, yes. So so five and a six. I mean, hey. That's yeah. pretty fucking good. Yes, yeah. Um, for, for this uh, for this wonderful, wonderful band, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful album. This is their least uh, least liked album, but 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 uh, less is said that like they were the band was at such like odds and they were just clashing mm-hmm. with each other so much that it like he 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 looks back on it uh, on these songs 
not fondly because of the strife that the band was in, which is understandable. Like it, that's like a difficult time. It's like Deftones. Uh, they were almost they were they were about to break up during uh, Saturday Night Wrist. Like they they almost didn't play any of the. Uh, music together like they were recording oh, all their yeah. parts separately and stuff and it's like one of my favorite deftones albums oh, wow. uh, and they were like just at each other's throats about to break up uh during that album and, and they say now like they don't want to play any of those songs live because it's such like a raw they were in such a bad place that like all those songs to them feel like just like wrong yeah and stephen carpenter said that uh, revisiting those songs live would be like him just walking straight off the flat earth and it would be, be impossible yeah. to recover. I mean, yeah. there's a first, hole in the earth. I mean, it's you, flat. well, I mean, you, you, you got to walk past the dragons that are <laughs> guarding the border of the planet. Of course. You stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, so where do you think new metal is at this point in the timeline? I mean, I, you know, Hey, I, 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 would have loved to have seen like a family values tour stop with, yeah. you know, with Primus in there. I mean, that would have just been just a fucking blast, but yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's, uh, we're not, we're not moving anywhere with the, where new metals at right now. Yeah. Not too far off from uh bloodhound gang, uh, from the last album review. Negatory. However, hmm. on the next episode, mm-hmm. the next album review episode of nudist colony, See? we are going to discuss the last new metal album of a band. Who's previous? Who's previously put out some new metal albums? Um, okay. We're going to talk about an album by a little band called Incubus. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be a white pony. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so, then uh, that album is titled "Make Yourself." All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, I was a big fan of this album. So stop being a little bitch. Stop asking your mother to make you and make yourself. Listen to <laughs> Make Yourself. Uh, you know, it's on the streaming platforms. People can find it. Super easy to find. Uh, again, this is the last new metal album by Incubus. So um, I'm not sure how we're going to handle stuff like this going forward. Uh, if, we're, if we want to visit albums that are outside of the new metal um, genre at this point. Or, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how I'm feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you can listen to that album. Uh, It's been added, by the time you listen to this, it's been added to the Nudist Colony Spotify playlist. You can find a link to that and all of our contact information in the show notes. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you have a song you want us to listen to, it doesn't have to be new metal. It can be like whatever you want, you know? If it is a new metal song... Um, and we've already visited it, then, you know, that one may not be a good idea. Or if it's one that comes to later in the new metal timeline, then, yeah. uh, yeah. look, just, you know, just send us a different thing, <laughs> you know? Right, right, yeah. Send us, whatever, we don't care. Yeah. But if you, but if you do it wrong, it good. yeah, if you do it wrong, we're going to be pissed. Yeah. If there's anything, but, uh, send us the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Y- you can figure it out. Don't be a dum-dum. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, that's it for me. Take it on home. Um... <laughs> Midnight. Get fucked, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Say what? 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 Say
big white house panties or small delicate European briefs. Whatever panties do he talk say for me to strap up on panties. Fantastic. Uh bye.